You're listening to Seattle Sports Saturday with Lydia Cruz, Curtis Rogers, and Taylor Jacobs on 710 ESPN Seattle. We're here with you. We're not going anywhere. Can't scare us away. This is Seattle Sports Saturday right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Curtis Rogers joined by my good friend Taylor Jacobs here on this Seattle Sports Saturday. But... There are no sports. No. A strange Saturday. Yeah. Maybe one of the strangest Saturdays we've ever had in this country. Yeah. For some time. It's it's a week that I will never forget, especially as a sports fan, especially just as a human being, because, you know, it's it's so difficult to kind of wrap our heads around this because I don't think any of us have ever experienced this. This is not something that a lot of people – you know, think about when they're getting up each day, when they're going to, you know, about their day, that they got to worry about, you know, just everything that's going on right now. And it, it's, it really kind of forces you to look outside yourself in these moments. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is so weird to see the sports world halt the way it has, and also for the durations that we're going to see. This is not something that's going to be over by the weekend. This is not something that's going to be over by next week, two weeks. We're looking at a month, maybe two months. Who knows how this is is going to wind up, but we're going to be here. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's uncharted territory for a lot of people, and I think that's what makes, you know, this a very trying time for a lot of us, but, you know, we, we got each other. Yeah, and we still haven't heard from the NFL, essentially, about what their plan is going forward, if they will change anything at all or delay any of their events. You know, in April, we have the draft at the end of the month. So one of the biggest sports events on the calendar, especially in this country, uh, the NFL draft and what it means for that league and just the, the publicity they get for their next generation of stars. Walking on the stage, the photo ops, right, all of these things that could all potentially be gone for this draft class. And the people are, we're now all kind of bound together by this event. Right. And if you're an athlete who played in a spring sport or at the end of this sort of uh, winter sports quarter, it, it it's going to be a strange thing for the rest of your life that you didn't get to finish your career. And I, I put this at the top of the show note. Yeah. Scott Van Pelt put put this tweet out there, and we will also kind of want to reflect the same thing. So a lot of college, uh, so he said, so many college and high school athletes saw their seasons, maybe their playing careers, just end. No send-off, no nothing. We want to fix that. So share your stories. Text in 710-710. If you know a high school or college athlete who was playing or was going to be playing in the next season, let us know their story. We're going to sprinkle them in. Look, we don't have the usual content that we have to talk about. We don't have a ton of Mariners news or free agency news. So let's try and highlight some of these stories, some of these people um, who were doing the things they love to do. And unfortunately this um, sort of crisis has, has taken that the things that we all love sports away from us. Yeah. Uh, text that into the, uh, to the text line, seven ten seven ten If you've got any stories to share, uh, because I mean, people, from various walks of life, uh, you know, you have in sports, that's where we've all kind of got this even playing ground. And 
to see that taken away from so many athletes who have trained for years and years and years to get to where they are, especially the seniors at the high school level, the college level, um, seeing it kind of ripped from their hands and not, you know, and there's not really a way you can argue against it because we're all trying to prevent the spread of this, you know, of this disease. And it's a national emergency. It is. I know people are texting in from the 206, like, it's a national emergency as declared from the highest form of government in this country. So yeah. it, it's, it is what it is. We don't know the true uh, – the, the scariest part is we don't know what it actually is, and we don't have a ton of scientific data on it yet, and we're still trying to figure it out. But the scariest part is there are people who are passing away from it. So – uh, we're going to continue to be here for you to talk, to talk about what's happening, the the current events, you know, the latest on what's happening with delays and cancellations. And just also we want to hear from you. What's happening to you and, and your life? What are you going to be doing now? And um, th- we're all in this together. We're all going to get through this together. And it, this it starts by just having fun, open conversations and trying to uh, replicate the things that unfortunately have been delayed or canceled for the next couple months. Yeah. And if any news breaks continues to break throughout this show, we will certainly get it to you. Uh, There is the NFL CBA vote, which is due later today. Uh, There is the start of NFL free agency. So we will get into those conversations as well today, but uh, to completely ignore the coronavirus and the stories that have emanated from it, especially in the sports world, that would not be doing our jobs. No. And we absolutely have to talk about it, and that's what we're going to do today. So let's get into it with this hour's Big Three. NCAA tournament time, both conferences and the big dance have been canceled. There will be no rest of the Pac-12 tournament. It did get underway slightly. Cougs, nice little victory there. Hey, go Cougs. To end their season, but uh, they've canceled all winter and spring championships. That includes wrestling, the Frozen Four, swimming and diving, gymnastics, lacrosse, beach volleyball, rowing, golf, and oh yeah, college World Series. And that's for both men and women on both sides. So... You have that really unfortunate news. However, spring sport athletes will be granted through the NCAA an extra year of eligibility. So for some of those athletes who aren't going to go pro, they will have an opportunity to go back to school and to compete in the season that will be lost. So not all bad news there. The correct move from the NCAA, it's actually refreshing to see them make the right move when it comes to these things. But just a massive change and Curtis you mentioned it today and I was almost sort of numb to the fact that there is no um, Pac-12 championship tonight Yeah, there is no selection Sunday tomorrow that these things won't take place you won't have the play in game start we're not going to have this week where everyone stands still and they're watching true TV on at 1.30 on a on a Thursday (laughs) just going to miss some of those things. So uh, just something to take into account. Number two. Major League Baseball has suspended their season, and whenever it does resume, it appears as though the Mariners likely will not start in Seattle. Following Governor Inslee's indefinite ban of public gatherings that exceed 250 people, the Mariners announced they would not return to Seattle but could begin in Peoria, Arizona, or elsewhere. There's talk of starting in the Texas Rangers Stadium, the brand-new stadium down in Arlington, uh, on Friday, Major League Baseball announced a suspension of all spring training activities 
allowed for players to re- return either to their homes, the cities they play in, or remain at their team's spring training facilities. Mariners GM Jerry Depoto spoke yesterday to the media and said nearly all of the team's 40-man roster has chosen to stay in Arizona for now. All minor league players have been sent home. Uh, I think just three members of the Mariners' 40-man roster asked to leave, and that's their choice. They can gladly do that. Uh, so Major League Baseball at a standstill. The Mariners' season most up in the air uh, when it comes to all 30 teams in baseball because here in Seattle, this is the epicenter of it all, uh, and we will continue to bring you news on the Mariners' front as it develops over the course of the next week, two weeks, however long Major League Baseball's suspended season will last. Number three. Mike on would be a good thing there. Year one of the XFL and the Seattle Dragons, unfortunately, came to an abrupt end this week after the league announced they would be canceling the remainder of the regular season. That's just verbiage in sports, and and over the next few weeks is going to be pretty important now. They canceled the season, so there will be no rest of the regular season. Um, In a statement with... NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, XFL Commissioner Oliver Luck said the league will pay their players the remaining salary and the league has every desire to return in 2021. The XFL will also allow its play, players pardon me, to enter free agency early and essentially they're now eligible to sign with any NFL team or other XFL team. So good, good on them to essentially open it up and, and let that process start now for some of these players who may be able to jump to the league and we might you know in a few weeks when things start to resume and get back on schedule might be talking about some of these players and their potential fits here in seattle so something to keep an eye on as well as i think you and i curtis both enjoyed the xfl yeah got to see some games in person got to experience it it's a great sort of palate cleanser yeah i don't know it was just fun to have more football and it's not the nfl and i'm not trying to replace the nfl or really even try and fill the void the nfl has or leaves when it's gone but i just liked seeing some extra football out there and the crowd was great the atmosphere was cool i love the team logo and the colors and the whole top to bottom the dragons organization has run so well and lydia's on the on the team essentially and Mora's on the team and just Loved, loved everything about the product, so really excited to see it in uh, the next season, what it looks like in its evolved form. Yeah, I I really hope that they are able to come back in, in 2021 and come at it with, a, with the kind of vengeance we saw from them out of the gate here in 2020 because there were a lot of pieces of that league that I enjoyed just from a, a football viewer standpoint, not even a football fan, but just somebody watching football just the creativity that went into a lot of the, you know, how the game was was laid out, the kickoff, the replay, all these things, the extra points. Uh, I think the XFL did a really good job considering, you know, all things considered, and you can't anticipate anything like this to, you know, put a put a cap on your season, unfortunately. Right. But uh, yeah, shout out to the XFL for uh, giving us something to hold us over for at least a month after the NFL season. That is this hour's big three. Uh, some honorable mentions. We mentioned the start of the Pac-12 tournament. Yep. UW losing in the first round to Arizona, 77-70. But the Cougs getting their first tournament win in 11 years. Yeah. 2009 was the last time. I was going to say over a decade, Curtis, but you might as well throw on the extra year because, uh, yeah, it's been a while <laughs> since the Coug basketball program has had a W in the tourney. Yeah, so the Cougs picking up that W over six-seeded Colorado. 
We're going to talk about just the state of basketball in the state of Washington coming up at the end of this hour because at the beginning of the season, the Cougs and Huskies were on completely opposite trajectories. Yes. And they finished the season that way. Yes. But the way they got to that point, just completely opposite paths. A truly remarkable path for both teams that I think was unexpected on both ends of the state. So, well, yeah, like you said, Curtis, we'll get into that more at 945. And then just real quick shout out before we got a text here. Yeah. Again, encouraging people to text in if you know any stories about high school or college athletes. Seasons cut short. Um, Their poor nephew from the 253 goes to Fife High School and was on the second place baseball team last year. So they were looking forward to the season. And unfortunately, cut short. So shout out the Fife High School baseball team. Yeah. Everyone on the team, the seniors, the juniors, everyone on that team and that whole uh, that whole city. Yeah, definitely shout out to Fife High School. Uh, just any high school sports uh, as, as they, you know, unfortunately have their seasons canceled or delayed or suspended, what have you. It's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. That- we'll, we'll try and highlight it. As much as we can. So coming up in this hour, we'll talk some basketball. We've got, obviously, March Madness, but not the good kind. But up next, when did you know that this was real? When did you know that sports not going to be in our lives? When did you know that was going to be a real thing over the the next however many weeks it's going to be? We talk that next here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Lydia Cruz, Curtis Rogers, and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. When did you know the cancellation of sports? When did it really hit home to you that this was going to be a possibility? And then it became a reality. When did you feel that this week? I'm sure there were plenty of moments that happened that said, wow. At least I know for me, there were a couple of moments this week where I stopped in my tracks and was just like, I can't believe this is actually going to happen. Right. And we're in a unique situation here in Seattle simply because we're sort of on the forefront of what's happening here in this country as far as the coronavirus yeah. and its spread. And and it's it, it just was so surreal. It was almost like an out-of-body experience feeling these things and watching them happen and trickle down on Twitter and just the, the timeline just blowing up with leagues, suspending, delaying, canceling the rest of their seasons onto, you know, now we're getting more uh, news essentially that, uh, let's see, Ken Rosenthal essentially saying the season may not begin before May. In Major League Baseball. In Major yeah. League Baseball. Yeah, and I think the last time Major League Baseball had a start of a season delayed was in 1995 when the 94 strike bled into the 94 season. Uh, That season started, I think, the first week of May as well. They were able to get 144 games in, which I I read yesterday there were some Major League Baseball presidents of of teams that were still hoping to get an 162 game schedule, and that Whoa. would that would bleed into December at that point. And we don't we don't need. That. I don't need like, snow baseball for the World no. Series. You can get by with 144 games. Like I know you're the owners care about missing out on all this lost revenue, but like at the end of the day, humanity's got to take forefront, right? Like and, it's got to be. And maybe through this, through this whole process. Major League Baseball and the other leagues will figure out a way to streamline some of the things that they've been discussing and maybe 
shortening the regular season has been on the table of discussion for baseball for some time now. So, you know, maybe this pushes baseball towards a direction that they want to shorten the season and make it not as long and strenuous. And maybe that's what this does. It it pushes the league that way. We don't know. We're going to see the league and and all the other leagues sort of react to this. So what moment... For you, and, and on the text line, you can chime in as well, 710-710. What moment this week was it for you that really drove home the fact that this is this is really real? I mean, the, MB- the NBA, when the Rudy Gobert news, they, they run out on the court, stop the game. Because they were about to tip off. Yeah. Uh, it was seconds away from that game starting. And people tweeting out, I forget who tweeted it out, I feel bad, um, tweeting out essentially that a medical official had run onto the court and stopped the game. And then it was sort of like, okay, what? And then the news about Rudy Gobert. And then the NBA comes out with the hammer essentially Mm -hmm. right after that. So the Rudy news pushed me to, to sort of pique my interest on the fact that this might be bigger in the sports world. And then the NBA's calling it was the one that was like, okay, this is for real. And I was out to dinner with a friend at the time and, you know, trying to support local businesses because there's a whole nother world of economic downfall and things and mm-hmm. fallout because of this virus. So I was trying to eat at a local restaurant and all of this news is coming out about the league. And it just it was like we were talking and talking and then it was just us on our phones retweeting or not retweeting, refreshing Twitter to try and figure out what to do. Um, what about you, Curtis? When, when did you feel it? So. There were a couple moments that I think the first one to me that sort of opened my eyes to the possibility of other events being canceled or delayed or whatever, kind of minor at the time, but it was the Seattle U basketball games being canceled at the end of the regular season. It was Chicago State and Missouri, Kansas City. Both those schools said that they would not be traveling to Seattle because of concerns with the coronavirus. And at the time, myself included, a lot of us said, oh, I think that's Chicago State not wanting to make this trip out because they knew they were going to get blown out by 50 and they wanted to save on the travel expenses yeah. because they're an athletic department that doesn't have the kind of funding that most Division One programs have. Felt like a good out. Yeah. Turns out they may have, you know, been the initial yeah they may have been the one to push this ball moving forward here i think that was one that i think a lot of us should have i guess taken a little more seriously yeah a little more seriously and even with governor Inslee's announcement earlier this week on wednesday even then there was still the possibility that these leagues would continue playing that the mariners season would start but it would start elsewhere in arizona or in texas or in minnesota where wherever it would but then I, I think it was Rudy Gobert, and it was the NBA, it was the Utah Jazz, and Donovan Mitchell also testing positive as well. Uh, that, to me, was the the one moment that I was like, okay, this is real. And now all these other leagues have to have to respond to what the NBA is doing because, you know, as it is, all these leagues, you see people every single night, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 people in the same spot, like, Social distancing is what is one of the key things to prevent the spread of any kind of virus, whether it be the common cold or, or the flu or what have you. And you, can, it's very irresponsible to 
allow your league to continue playing when other leagues have said, no, we're not going to do that. And then we saw it, what was it, on Thursday with the cancellation of the NCAA tournament. That, I think, was the that was the final hammer that dropped. Yeah, that was when you just knew this wasn't going to end. This wasn't something that was going to end in a couple weeks because the March Madness tournament is such a revenue driver for the whole the whole NCAA, and it goes well into April. So the fact that they could lose out on that for essentially a, a month worth of time, that's not a light decision that they they made. And it, it, it just is wild that all of these leagues – they are making the right decisions. It feels like the NFL is coming soon with a decision and that they're trying as long as possible, and I don't blame them, to, to wait and see what happens, what information we can get, because the information changes so quickly right now, and we're getting so much more information day by day, and, and we, we only have what we have right now, and we don't know like we know about the cold and the flu, and we're trying to learn and catch up and it just feels so it, – it's so strange to be sitting here and there's no there's no sports leagues tomorrow or the next day or for at least a couple weeks. Yeah, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, he joined inside the NBA on TNT on Thursday night uh, just kind of going over the league's plans over the next month. What we determined today is that this hiatus will be most likely – um, at least 30 days. I mean, it, and we don't know enough, as you've all said, to be more specific than, that, specific than that. But we wanted to give direction to our players and teams and to our fans that this is going to be roughly at least a month. But then the question becomes, is there a protocol, frankly, with or without fans, in which we can resume play? And I think the goal, and I've been talking a lot to Michelle Roberts, the Players Association, just talked to Chris Paul, the president of the union again earlier night. And, you know, in, in, in coming together, what's, what makes sense here and without compromising anyone's safety? And I think it's frankly too early to tell. I know we're all, we're all dealing with a lot. Yeah. Think about the last three to four months that NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has had. You've got the Houston Rockets Chinese controversy. Yep. You've got David Stern's passing, mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant and the helicopter crash that claimed his life, his daughter's life and the lives of seven others. And now you have to suspend your season 30 days. And like I know we're we're all going through a lot here, you know, right now and and whoever however long this will last. But my goodness, Adam Silver has earned his paycheck this year. And I get that he gets paid a lot to be the NBA commissioner, right. but, man, he has had so much to deal with. And it just feels like at each step he's handled it the way you would like to see a commissioner handle that situation and that he has been the representative of the league that you so desperately want in all the leagues that you're a fan of. So, yeah, touche to him, like you said, Curtis. That That is a ton to go through for one season to let alone do four of those events in one season um is is remarkable so yeah just a shout out to him and the 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 league and we're gonna get more news this is gonna evolve by next week we may have a completely different vision of what's going on and what's happening in the sports world but as of right now there's just a lot of question marks so we're trying to go through it with you walk you through it give you as much information as we know be there alongside 
you as we go through this journey together because that's kind of what we're all doing right now. It feels weird with March. This is <laughs> this is the time of the year for basketball. It's the time of year for the NCAA tournament. But we don't have that. Yeah. And that is one of the things that I think a lot of sports fans are going to have the toughest time with over the next couple of weeks is is just that that identifiable event on the sports calendar. When you think March, you think college basketball, you think the tournament, and that's not there. And we're going to do our best uh, to kind of take you through that. Do you agree with the cancellation of the tournament? Should it have been postponed? Can you even imagine what March is like without the tournament? We'll answer all of those questions next year on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Lydia Cruz, Curtis Rogers, and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. It is going to be so weird this week. And the week after that and the week after that with no March Madness. Yes. On the count. Like, can you think of a sporting event that is more synonymous with the time of year than March and college basketball? I mean, baseball in summer. Yeah. But. Football in the fall. Yeah. But even so, like, if you were to tell me the NFL was moving to the summer, like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll, like, I'll watch, yeah. But if you move the tournament out of March, it feels strange. It just doesn't feel right. And, I mean, there won't even be a tournament. Like, yes. they, they won't even move it. It's it's in the rear view. It never happened. She go. Virginia, still national champions. Wild. And they didn't even have to defend their title. Although we may get into it next week as we, again, run out of things to talk about. Uh, we may just start <laughs> making proclamations. and We may start proclaiming national champions, Pac-12 champions. We may proclaim certain Mariners games that should have happened. We may just proclaim the results of that. And, uh, yeah. hey, who's to stop us? Mariners are undefeated in 2020. Prove me wrong. Yeah, you can't. You can't do I, it. I defy you to, but... This week, uh, we got the news from the NCAA that they initially decided to play the tournament in empty arenas, but then came to a better or well, a, a much bigger decision by announcing that they would cancel the tournament altogether. And I think it was spurred on by a lot of schools saying, "We're going to drop out. We're not even going to play if this tournament is even held." And it was Duke, which is maybe the biggest power player in college basketball. And it was Kansas who, if it's not Duke, it's maybe Kansas is the right. biggest power player. Those Current number schools. one, yeah. And and Duke's athletic director is also the chairperson of the NCAA selection committee. Mm-hmm. If the chairperson of the NCAA selection committee is saying, I don't want to do this, the future of the tournament, not going to happen. Yeah, and it was just, it was remarkable to see those two schools specifically come out and say, hey, we're not going to participate in a fanless or fan-driven NCAA tournament. So, touche to those schools because that's that's bold to go out there on mm-hmm. a limb while things are still starting to happen and to say that and to do that. So, good on those athletic departments for making that call um, for for their basketball teams. Now, there has been a lot of people saying, "Did the NCAA act too quickly? Should they have postponed this rather than canceling it outright?" But there is we, we don't know when things are going to improve on the on the front of of combating this disease and, and we don't know when things are going to improve. So we don't know if there would have ever been a time that they could have played the twenty twenty NCAA tournament. 
Yeah, I mean, again, I mentioned it earlier that verbiage has been so important in this whole thing, whether it's canceled, delayed, or you know, postponed, suspended, those types of things. They're so important. And yeah, I actually thought they should have said delayed first. And I thought they should have come out and just at least given the hope that there could potentially be this down the line and maybe to give the players a little bit of something to work for, to look forward to potentially. And I know that that it may not still happen and you would potentially still have to cancel it at some point. So what's the point of having it now or later, but man, just the buildup, the practice, the belief, all of these things, these moments, we can't give back to these athletes. We can't, We can't give them those things, those experiences, and it would have been nice to just give them a little something more. It feels – I feel guilty. I have nothing to do with this. I feel guilty like we robbed them of an opportunity, like we robbed these kids of uh, of an experience, and it feels dirty. It honestly feels bad. Yeah, I think Jake Heaps, he brought up earlier in the week on Tom, Jake, and Stacey – with the cancellation of the tournament comes obviously the cancellation of those moments, the buzzer beaters, the upsets, all of those things, but it also robs players of the opportunity to shine on a national stage for the first time in their careers. Last year, John Morant, the number two overall pick in the NBA draft, he was amazing in that first round game that Murray State played. Would he have been as known of a commodity to NBA scouts without that game? Under his belt, would Steph Curry have become the legend that he was at Davidson if the NCAA tournament didn't exist? CJ McCollum down the road there in yeah, Portland, Lehigh, yeah, pulled off that upset over Duke. I mean, there have been so many guys that have made their mark on the NCAA tournament that has catapulted them not just you know at the college level but into successful pro careers. And we aren't going to see that this year. Buddy Heald, another guy with Oklahoma. Yeah. Obviously, he you know he played at Oklahoma, a big time program, but his his performance in the tournament really set him apart from everybody else in the country that season. So, you know, that's to me one of the most heartbreaking things about this NCAA tournament is we're not going to get those heroes that we've seen every single year. There have been you know the Kemba Walkers, yeah, of was, UConn, Shabazz Napier, also yep. those guys and. Also, one shining moment, Curtis. Let's I know. Not, let's not bury the lead here. Luther Vandross. He's, the ball is tipped. Yeah, he's. Oh. He won't be. He won't be doing that this year. I'm just gonna go home and just go down a YouTube wormhole of all of the past seasons. Do 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 do. Yeah, the, the really corny horn section. <laughs> but yeah, Jay Billis of ESPN, sort of their foremost college basketball analyst out there. Uh, he talked about how this was ultimately the right decision. It was the absolute right thing to do, Greeny, and you have to give credit where credit is due, and the NCAA deserves great credit for acting swiftly and decisively to cancel the tournament. Uh, I've used the term responsible global citizen. Uh, This wasn't just about uh, protecting athletes, which is obviously very important, but it was also about acting responsibly to help slow the spread uh, of this virus. The World Health Organization, as you know, declared this a pandemic. And, uh, and this is important. And the NCAA acted responsibly in really the only way it could. Yeah. I don't think there was any other option at that point after you saw the suspension of the NBA season. You saw the you know Major League Baseball saying we're going to stop for two weeks, but then that became a full-blown suspension. Uh, you saw 
NHL and MLS, those leagues say we're suspending our play. At that point, it became, you know, the the decision was already made for the NCAA. Yeah, and you hate to say that their hand was forced in a situation like this, but you're right, Curtis, that they had to follow suit. They couldn't be the one league to still be going. And, you know, again, that's why the NFL hasn't made any statements, really, official statements about they haven't been in season. Right. Yes, they can make the statement that, you know, all personnel should go home, work from home. All of those types of scouting engagements should be done over the phone. But that's really the only thing they've had to say concrete about their events. But we don't know about the draft. We don't know about some of these things coming up and what free agency will look like. We're supposed to get the CBA announcement at tonight. tonight. Midnight. Midnight. But will will it be delayed because of this? Will it free agency be pushed back like i said it just there's a bunch of question marks that the nfl still has to answer about this and i think a lot for a lot of people if the nfl starts to do something it's going to become more real to them i think so too and it's going to be great for sports fans to at least have something to hang their hat on over the next couple of weeks because nfl free agency is a it's a big deal on the sports calendar no matter the time of year um but i i look at right now with March Madness being shelved for the 2020 season, should they still release a bracket? Oh. Like, would that whet your appetite enough? Just even though it'd be entirely hypothetical, it wouldn't even be essentially real. But, like, looking at those matchups, like, from a hypothetical standpoint, you see, like, oh, I, if if this game were played, this 14 seed, I think they could have given them a lot of trouble. Look, I want to answer yes. Every part of me wants to answer yes, Curtis, but also we didn't get the tournaments. Like, we didn't get the conference tournaments. We we won't get the payoff. You don't get the payoff of some of those people battling into a spot and making a deep run. Some of the storylines, I just, it wouldn't be the same. I I don't think it would be the same. And and if anything, I think it would make me just hurt more Mm. and and just want more. And unfortunately, we're not going to get more. See, I'm such a junkie for college basketball that I would I would be all for it. Just give me something. I'll say this, and we're going to get into some more fun conversations about things we're going to be doing while there's no sports. How do you pass time? We're going to talk favorite sports video games because that's probably how we're going to be filling the time. (laughs) But yeah, you just it, it it's it's a crazy situation where if maybe if there was an NCAA basketball game, we could run oh, through a man. simulation and simulate the tournament and do it that way. But there isn't, so we can't. So yeah, it's just going to uh, yeah. There's a weird void, and I don't even know if the uh, bracket would fill it, even if I got it. It wouldn't, but it would be like uh, you know, just be that that one little that little bite. It's like if you want an adult beverage, and they're like, all we got are these hot adult beverages these these hot zimas that have been yeah. sitting out in the sun for all day would you take it and you're like well i mean warm beverages are better than no beverages but also but also like, are they yeah i don't know if that'd be refreshing that's how yet. i feel right now i will say though i tip my cap to the ncaa for uh allowing spring sports athletes to huge. have another year of eligibility huge I don't know if it's possible with winter sports athletes because they played the majority of their season. I would like to see them maybe do something yeah. with win- with winter sports athletes because 
most of them were robbed of that opportunity to play for a championship, and that's that's a big reason why a lot of these people play. Obviously, they're they're trying to further their careers in their sports, but as Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game. Yep. And if there's no game to be played, well, then what do you have? And a lot of these kids that you know they've spent their entire lives dreaming of playing on that Final Four stage. Or, or something like that. They're not going to have that this year in 2020, and for the seniors especially, there's no more. There's no more opportunities. Uh, what is it? Sabrina Inescu from Oregon. They're incredible, incredible talent. Uh, she's going probably going to be the number one pick in the WNBA draft. Yep. But all of a sudden, her Ducks career ends like that, and they don't even get a proper opportunity to say goodbye to her in Eugene. Right, and and the fact that she probably was going to deliver them the national championship this year that she is so talented that i mean anything le- the national championship was the expectation down there in oregon so mm-hmm. yeah the, it's all over sports there's so many stories and again we said it at the beginning of the show we'll keep kind of sprinkling it in if you know any high school kids or college kids who are going through this text in their story seven ten seven ten. we want to try and highlight as many people like scott van pelt's doing currently on twitter want to do it at a local level as well uh, and highlight all these kids and these stories um, that unfortunately uh, don't get a proper ending. So hopefully we can highlight them and give them a, a little bit of a shout-out here on this platform. Up in about 20 minutes, we give you our big three for the 10 o'clock hour from a national standpoint. But up next, the Cougs and Huskies, they started their season in opposite directions. They ended it in opposite directions. But how did they get to that point? We talk all of that coming up here on Seattle Sports Saturday. Seattle Sports Saturdays with Lydia Cruz, Curtis Rogers, and Taylor Jacobs. On 710 ESPN Seattle. How'd we get here with the Huskies and Cougs basketball teams? Because, Taylor, you, you're the Coug among us on this show. Yes, proudly. Before the start of this season. Yes. Had your fandom of Coug hoops ever been lower than what it was? I mean... Maybe just the season before with Ernie Kent when it just looked – everyone was transferring. Now we know Malachi Flynn, All-American. Yeah, star uh, player at yeah. San Diego State. <laughs> the players who transferred ended up becoming superstars, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I was a little bit excited about just the potential of Kyle Smith and just what he could add, You know what analytics could add to this program. It was more hopeful than excited, I would say. Um, but yeah, excitement low, expectations low. You know, I thought there would be eleven, twelve as far as Pac-12 finishing. Um, I thought the the style of play wouldn't quite get there; that it would take some time to even develop and evolve into Kyle Smith's system. But uh, did not end that way, Curtis. And then on the other side of the state, the Huskies oh. start the season off top twenty-five, get a win against Baylor, who became one of the best teams in the country during the season. They have two McDonald's All-Americans on the roster, Jaden McDaniels, Isaiah Stewart. And lottery picks. They will be lottery picks. Quade Green, a former five-star recruit to Kentucky. He's in the starting lineup. You could not have had more hype going into a Husky season. I can't remember a Husky season that was more hyped than what we saw at the beginning of the 2019-2020 season. And then it all came apart. To a point yes. where it may not get back together for at least a whole season. Because right now the Huskies, they don't have any recruits in their class of 2020. 
They finished in 12th place by multiple games in the Pac-12. They get bounced in the first round. Uh, Mike Hopkins pretty much speaking in past tense when talking about Isaiah Stewart and Jaden McDaniels, two guys who we assume are going to declare for the draft whenever whenever the dust settles from all of this. How did those schools get to the points that they're at right now when they started in such complete opposite positions? It's crazy to think that the Cougs may actually be better set up for success right now than the Huskies, and I think that's probably jarring to hear for a lot of Huskies fans who are tuning in, but it's it's a reality right now. It's jarring to hear as a Cougar fan, to be honest with you. The fact that you're right, Curtis, that they feel better positioned, that the athletic department feels like they're on the same page there in Pullman. Not that they're not on the same page here, but there's just been a bunch of change. Jimmy Lake, the new coach, the new football coach, and now you're going to have a bunch of change on the on the court for these dogs and losing their two stars, not having the recruit signed for next year. You're going to find out a lot about Coach Hopkins and, and what he can do as far as coaching and whether or not he can find the players that fit his system to go out there and be successful because he has a system and a specific way he wants to play basketball with the zone. You got to go out there and get guys who are comfortable playing that. And Jaden McDaniels clearly wasn't comfortable playing that. No disrespect to him; he's a, he's nineteen. It's it's a difficult thing to just sort of take on and learn and accept if you've never played that way. And to be honest, he may never play in a zone for the rest of his life. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably going to be playing man to man. So it, it, it's it's a it's so fascinating. It, and we're going to look back on the season and. Very weird ways anyways, but one of the things that will be the weirdest is just how did U-Dub falter so much and why? Yeah, and to me it looked like there was a a huge disconnect between Mike Hopkins and the guys he was coaching. It it felt like what he was saying wasn't being, you know, absorbed. Yeah, it wasn't resonating the way it was with guys who were here in his first two years, the Thibels, the Dickersons, all those guys. And I think it may have had to do with, you know, those guys being on such terrible teams the fir- their first two years in college and then just kind of looking for any kind of way to win. And they were like, all right, this guy, he seems to know what he's talking about. Let's do it. But this year, you know, the Huskies, if they had any semblance of veteran leadership, I don't think they would have gone on that huge drought we saw in the middle of the season when they lost nine straight, the second longest losing streak in school history one that completely tanked their season. Because before that, they were squarely on the bubble. I think they were like 12-6 and six at one point. Um, and they were they were up big on Oregon. That was the game that broke the Huskies back this season. Yes. They were up, I think, 16 on the Ducks in the second half and saw that lead just completely evaporate. It goes to overtime. Peyton Pritchard does his thing and yeah. is, you know, he's the Pac-12 player, for the, player of the year for a reason. But the Huskies, to me, I can't remember a more disappointing season from start to finish. And, you know, you look at the Cougs, on the other hand, where they came at it with no expectations, and maybe that's a good thing for a new coach, especially Kyle Smith, who has never really been at a program with huge expectations. He was the head coach at San Francisco, and now he's the head coach at Wazoo. And when you don't have expectations – really easy to exceed those next year do you think the Cougs will have any greater expectations than what they have right now or is this 
if if he can build some kind of foundation to build on, are we viewing these couple of seasons as stepping stone seasons before maybe the Cougs get back to at least the Ken Bone years? Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's not dream about those years, Curtis. Uh, no, but I, I honestly think that you're you hit it right there with the last option, that this is the stepping stone. This is the foundation of the house, right? They poured the cement. The rebar is in there. It's folded down, so no bad guys are going to fall onto the rebar. And they're ready now to start building some of the parts of the house and building it up and, and figuring out what they have and if they have anything valuable there in the Palouse as far as Kyle Smith and his system. And I do. I honestly think that they're going to be able to go out and find some of those players to fit the system uh, just specific players that they want, and I don't. They don't have to be five stars because most likely you're not going to get that in Pullman. They don't even have to necessarily be these big named recruits, but just find the guys specifically that fit that system and go after them, and and try and fill your entire roster with those guys who buy in specifically. And let's see what we can do. Let's see if if we can make this thing a, a competitive team. I don't think they'll ever compete with the, the likes of Arizona or UCLA. I mean, no disrespect to my Cougs, and but but the history is not there. No, and those yeah. guys they just recruit different athletes. They have a different expectation. There's more money poured into the program. There's all these different factors. So I I'm just excited about the future with Kyle Smith and to end the season on a win however weird it may sound and how weird that is, is a unique feeling. So it feels like I'm walking on sunshine as a Coug basketball fan right now. <laughs> how about for Gonzaga fans, though? Oh, where Tough life. It feel, yeah, where you're constantly winning West Coast Conference tournaments, you're winning championship or you're winning conference championships. I think this was the 20 – it would have been the 23rd straight year they made the NCAA tournament. Uh, and I believe they have appeared in – I think it's like 19 or 20 straight WCC tournament championship games. Yep. They did eventually win the WCC tournament. Unfortunately, we never got to see them, you know, go into the NCAA tournament this year. But would have been a one seed. I mean, they were number yes. two. They won their conference tourney. Yeah. And you got to look at Gonzaga right now. And it's like, was this their best opportunity to win a national championship? Because it was so wide open this year. Yep. There was not a clear-cut dominant team, whereas in years past, Gonzaga has gone up against the likes of, like when North Carolina was in the national championship game. You look at those two rosters, North Carolina's really jumped out, and Gonzaga was, you know, they were a great team that year. I think it was 2017 when they made the national title game, but North Carolina was just a juggernaut that year. And this year, same similar results in the regular season, but we just will never be able to see it through to the end. And, you know, it's just kind of the same old story for, for Gonzaga. Unfortunately, unforeseen circumstances this year d- did him in. Right, yeah. The question always comes back to when can they win it all? When can they take this success and finally take the next step, which is winning a national championship? And, again, another season will pass, not because of their their play, but another season will pass and we will have to ask that question again. And this would have been a great year, wide open field, Kansas, the number one team right in front of them. But 
I mean, they're deep. I'm a big Kansas fan. I don't know if this was it, if this was a one of the better Kansas teams of recent memory, and yet they were still number one. So there was a lot of opportunity for teams to sort of upset and and cause chaos in March Madness. So a lot of questions still remain for these three schools, but uh, in a very different spot than we were at the beginning of the college basketball season. Absolutely. Coming up in the next hour, we'll look through some of the biggest NFL headlines. League still expecting to conclude their CBA vote tonight, which would then lead us into a brand-new NFL season. But coming up before that, we get you our big three for the 10 o'clock hour. That's all coming up on Seattle Sports Saturday.